finances and fitness is a lot alike. The same way you have to track your money, you have to track your fitness progress, whether it's your, if you're counting calories or if you're, you know, trying to make sure you hit your workout targets, you know, those are things that you have to monitor and measure and, and watch your progress. So a lot, you know, as Ellie said, the mindset, the discipline and the philosophies that it takes to become wealthy is the same thing that it takes to become fit. Welcome to the neighborhood. My name is Michael Lacey, husband, father, and host of the Wealthy Neighbor Show, where every week we bring you an amazing interview or message to inspire you as you build wealth for your family. Thanks for stopping by the neighborhood. Now let's jump right in with today's message. Welcome to part two of episode 17, where I'm talking to Ashanze and Ellie Matlock of Debt Free and Fitness. If you haven't already listened to part one, go back and do that first, because it's in that episode that we really kind of establish the foundation of their story, which just naturally leads into this episode. And so in part two of this episode, Zay and Ellie are going to share some of the money habits that they've built as a newlywed couple the wins that came as a result of those new habits, and how you can hit your nutrition and fitness goals while still being financially responsible. It's a great, great segment and a great way to end what has been a fantastic episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have, but let's just jump right back into where we left off in part one. So you go through this, you you come from different backgrounds and you're there's tension in the relationship around finances, right? You mm-hmm. guys, you know, kind of get, as you've said before, financially naked, you expose everything. Now you're at that place where you can start moving forward. Yes. And so what were some of those money habits that you guys were focused on building in those early days? Um, I think some of the early money habits that really helped us was the first thing we did was we combined our income. We talked about doing this for a while, but due to my hesitant, like me being hesitant, uh, we never officially did it. So the first thing we did was we combined our money into like one pot and we gave ourselves, um, I guess you could call it like allowances. We agreed on a, a fund allowance that we could use and we could spend on whatever we want. And, you know, we didn't necessarily necessarily have to track it. I think the second thing that we really did that was good for us was we really got on our meal prep game. I mean, Ellie is a master meal prepper and grocery shopper. So, you know, she loves making uh, our menus for the week. And on top of that, she makes our our, uh, grocery list for the week. So we really buckled down on, um, you know, our eating habits and grocery shopping more so on my part, because uh, we did meal prep, but I would still kind of cheat and like go out for lunch and spend money. And yeah. (laughs) So I was like, you're just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would feel like, you know, going out on lunch and stuff. And so that was like a, like a, like a small leak in our boat. So I really tightened up and just, you know, I stopped it. I was like, you know what? I want to eat this food, this food that my babe is cooking. And then um, I would say the third thing was, 
you know, we just really got serious about uh, paying off debt. So we, you know, we utilized the debt snowball. I think that was a habit, uh, a habit we incorporated. So we use the, uh, as I said, the snowball method. And um, I'll never forget the the thing that kicked off our snowballs. We actually paid off Ellie's car, and I believe it was what December of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when our journey really got started. So um, yeah, those were some of the habits. I mean, you know, we got on a budget. You know, we I was set- going to say the budget is actually the one yeah. I think that we did because. Because um, what the budget did for us is it helped us forecast how much money we would have at the end of the month. And then we, at the beginning of the month, would be intentional with what we forecasted would be left. And we'd be like, okay, we're planning on putting this much towards this debt, this much into our emergency fund. So I think, at least that's like the biggest thing we did. But I don't disagree. We did all those other things. But at least for me personally, financially, that was like the biggest thing. Yeah. Ellie, I want to ask you because, you know, you you have taken control of the food spending for your mm-hmm. household. And I, I got to admit, guys, I was awful at food. I mean, it was terrible. I, You know, one month, I've said it on the podcast before, but one month we spent more on food than we did rent. And that was groceries oh. and dining out combined. Mm-hmm. And it was me. Like, I, you know, my wife, she was trying, but it was me. Like, it was just all me. And so you've kind of taken control of that and, and kind of helped um, get, you know, financially set you guys up, you know, with that. And so what are some actionable things that somebody that's listening can do that can help that other spouse um, get on that same plan with when it comes to food spending? Sure. So honestly, I think the biggest thing that you can do is when you're making your menu, make put in cheap meals that you are going to make at home. So a lot of the times I find that people will be like, okay, I'm going to be so good this week. I'm going to grocery shop, make my menu. And their menu is all like super healthy stuff. And then when they go to spend money on food, they're like, oh, I want to buy pizza. Oh, I want a snack. I want cookies or whatever it is. And like if I put pizza on our menu, like I'm making us homemade pizza. So it's a cheat meal. Like it's not – I wouldn't say it's hot like it's homemade, but it's not healthy – Um, but I think that's, that's the biggest thing that you can do to start is like, make sure you're incorporating like one or two cheat meals within that menu so that you don't have that urge to be like, okay, we need to go buy something that like I'm craving right now. Cause it helps kind of curb those cravings. Um, secondly, I think, and this is something that we kind of just recently started doing cause I am a little bit of like a health and not myself. And he's a very picky eater. So for a while, I was slaving away making literally two different menus every single week because I wanted really, really healthy stuff. And he was like, I hate everything that you eat. So, <laughs> um, so another thing that we started doing, which was helpful, is I make sure now that we're at whatever we're eating for dinner is something that we're eating the same. So that way we're sitting together, we're eating the same meal and it's less of like, all right, I'm just going to run out and get my own thing because I know you've made me my own thing anyway. So I'll eat that later. It keeps him more accountable to come home and not, we we guys, we live next to a Chick-fil-A. So (laughs) he all the time is like, you know, wanting to go to Chick-fil-A. And if we were eating different things for dinner, it'd be very easy for him on his way home from the gym to be like, Hey babe, don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to stop by Chick-fil-A and get something, uh, save whatever you made me for my lunch tomorrow. Instead, like we're eating the exact same thing. So he's going to come home and eat dinner with me. And then I make my stuff that he hates for my lunch. But, (laughs) um, a lot of times like, we'll 
take, we'll repeat things like some stuff we ate for dinner, maybe a day or so later, we'll eat it for lunch. Um, And it just helps to really cut back on that food cost too. Um, And just reminding each other if he's like, oh, like I really want Subway. Well, we already have this at home and we already paid for it. I think saying it out loud, like we've already paid for it. You're like, "Mm, you're right. Fine. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's helpful too. I, we look at the serving sizes of things. If it serves four, we'll have it for dinner on Tuesday. Maybe we have it lunch Thursday. Um, and those are just kind of the things that we do. But yeah, yeah. No, I I like that because you know my wife, she has she has lupus, and so she has to eat certain things and stay away from certain things that are inflammatory. And man, some of that stuff, I'm just like, no, I'm not eating that. Like. <laughs> But I at the same know. time, at the same time, you know, it it kills me like to see, you know, if she does make something different, I'm just like, man, she shouldn't have to do that, you know. Right. Um, but in that same vein, I mean, I love the idea you said about, you know, making something on one night and then eating it for lunch later, because that that's for me. I, I'm not a big fan of repetition. Like I'll eat leftovers, but I don't want to eat it the next day like that. Just I don't know. I just. But then I can't eat it like three days later either. I kind of, it's kind of a sweet spot there. Yeah, you got to spread and it so out. And so I love that tip that you shared about kind of spreading it out. I think that's going to be something that we try to implement ourselves. So thank you for that. that was, yeah, that you're was welcome. Ashante needs variety as well, whereas I do not. So, <laughs> you know, that was another kind of like balance I had to find. Be like, all right, how am I going to do this where we're saving money and we're repeating a little bit of the food, but it still feels like variety? Okay. So Ashanza, you listed out uh, the whole list of habits that you guys wanted to address and tackle um, as you guys started your marriage and, and all that. And so as a result of these new habits, what were some of the wins that you guys were able to rack up last year? Because it's a new year now, you know, we're on a fresh slate, yeah. but yeah. what were you guys able to accomplish as a result of some of those new habits? Cool, man. So um, I'm going to try to go through these relatively quickly. So we, we, we did, um, and for anybody that follows us on Instagram, we did it at the end of a 2019 year review where we kind of recapped our wins. And so if you follow us, you you probably are familiar with them. But for those who are not, uh, some of our big wins. So I'm going to go with our big wins. So we were able to eliminate uh, around, I believe it was th- about $32,000 in debt. We were able to end the year with our emergency fund around 12000 we cash flowed around ten grand for our wedding, um, and for full tra- right. For full, <laughs> I would say for full transparency, we did have some help from Ellie's parents on our wedding, but we didn't incur any debt uh, with the wedding. So you know, even though we had a gift, we still had a number of things to pay for. So we were able to cash flow those items, and then the probably the biggest achievement for 2019 was we were able to save up. Uh, our down payment for our new house. And so by the end of the year, we were able to purchase our townhouse uh, in Northern Virginia. So yeah, we, we had a pretty big year. Uh, That's a huge year. A pretty yeah. big accomplishment. So like overall, when we added all of that stuff uh, up and we looked at like how we increased our net worth, we went from negative to positive. And, you know, when I did the percentage increase in, of course, you know, it's going to look, you know, crazy large because when you go from negative to positive, you know, it's still, you know, it's just going to look crazy. But when we added all those numbers up, it was like a 700% change, man. It was just absolutely, it was crazy. I I just, I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Well, so, okay. So Ellie, let's talk about this because something that he mentioned a little bit ago was 
the fact that you guys combine finances. I mean, what kind of credit do you give combining finances to all of the wins that you guys are able to rack up? Because I mean, I'm hearing paying off debt, saving for a wedding, buying a house and like all (laughs) these things. And usually, you know, financial experts tell you focus on one thing at a time, but y'all just smashed it last year. That's so, my fault. I don't like that. So I'm so glad you directed that question to her because this is all her fault. I, listen, I didn't script that just for y'all I'm listening. A, that I'm just a, happened. A, a multitasker by trade. <laughs> um, no, but to, to answer your question on, on, you know, combining our finances, I think if anything, that made us more powerful as a couple because Absolutely. Number one, when we got engaged, we said, all right, we are conjoining lives. We are spending the rest of our lives together for better or for worse. We'll work it out. We'll make it through. We don't, as Sean likes to say, we do not know the D word. Um, so She means divorce. <laughs> yeah, not the other D word. Uh, that one we know. Uh, but... I'm not editing that out. (laughs) (laughs) So when we combined, um, you know, finances, it was the same thing of this is our money and, you know, whatever we contribute to it, it it doesn't matter what percentage you contribute at the end of the day, it's 100% ours. So we gave ourselves that quote unquote allowance so that we could have that freedom of like, I want to go do this or that. And it's really not your business if I'm buying myself a new shirt or something along those lines. Um, but you know, it just, it gave, it gave us the power to be like, okay, we're going to cover all of our bills and then we can really decide together what's most important. And when you take out that clear separation of this is mine and this is yours, it takes away any negative feelings of, well, that debt is yours. And if you look at the amount that's coming from my bank account and the amount that's coming from your bank account to cover that debt, I'm really paying for that debt. And it just took all of that away. It's our money. And we together decided this is what's important to handle first. And we're going to do that first. Um, and I think to accomplish all of those things that we did last year, um, I mean, I'm not going to say we were 100% on the same page with every single piece of it because we were not. He was like, no, let's just put this much in emergency fund and then everything else is debt. And if we can't get our wedding in what your parents helped us with, then so be it. And I was like, well, try again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it definitely, you know, and when we talked about our intentional money for our rollover at the end of the month, we had to kind of talk about, all right, what percentage are we putting towards savings? What percentage towards the house? What percentage towards, you know, debt and a wedding? And then at the end of the month, to be honest, we had that conversation all over again, just to make sure we were on that same page. And I just want to add one thing to that is that I want to, again, for transparency purposes, add that, you know, we live in a DC area and we both make fairly decent salaries. Mm -hmm. You know, we will be what's considered high income earners. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we and we know a lot of high income earners who waste a lot of money. So mm-hmm. for us to achieve all those things, you know, we definitely attribute it to the fact that we do have fairly good careers and we make fairly decent money. But yeah, we made a lot thing. of, you know, we made a lot of sacrifices to be able to achieve all those things. Um, you know, we cut back on a lot. So, you know, while it, it sounds like a lot, I mean, paying down debt, emergency fund, wedding and house. Um, it took a lot of sacrifice. It took a lot of sacrifice. Okay, and so let me ask. With proper planning. 
That's right. That's right. Proper planning is key. So let me ask this question for both of you. What's the one thing that you both as individuals gave up that was like, dang, this is kind of tough? <laughs> I'll go first <laughs> because for me, without a doubt, it was definitely like my miscellaneous spending. So going to the fast food spots, uh, I used to love me some 7-Eleven and conveniency uh, food when it comes to gummy bears, Reese's, sunflower seeds, uh, bread bull, you name it, man. Seriously, I had to really cut out like fast food and just conveniency spending. I mean- before we really like combine our numbers, when I added up my own personal numbers, I was spending close to like five, six hundred dollars a month in those places. So for me, it was a dramatic cutback in that type of spending. So I don't know about you, babe, but what about you? Um, I don't know that it was any like specific item that I had to give up or action that I had to give up. It was more so I had to give up being the only decision maker. Um, I really had to learn financially how to compromise. And to be honest, since he came and was like, look, I've made all these financial mistakes and I have all this debt. And I was like, well, I've made none and I don't have any debt. (laughs) I had to really, really learn to let go of my, like, my way is the right way attitude. Because I think in the beginning I kind of had that attitude, but I was like, well, if we look at track records, right? Like, so, um, but, um, you know, it was, I had to learn to trust him financially. And, you know, I, obviously I do now we're married and I 100% trust him financially, but that was something I think the hardest thing for me was just learning that mistakes made him smarter and it didn't mean that they were going to happen again. So talk about building that trust. And and this is not in my notes at all, but that's yeah. just a great point because you you do have that in some relationships where one partner comes in in one place and another comes in in another place. And I'm sure it takes a lot to get to that place of really kind of letting go and feeling like, okay, well, like you said, your track record is this, mine is this. So why don't we just focus on doing things my way? How do you address that and overcome that? So I think how I was able to to earn her trust and gain her trust was she saw how dedicated I was to educating myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made it a goal in 2019 to read a book a month. Um, so all throughout 2019, I've read all sorts of books. So I've read The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I read Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robin. Uh, I read The Million, uh, The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley. Um, I mean, I read the rich, the richest man in Babylon. Um, you know, I've read all these personal finance books. I got really into the personal finance community and talking to other personal finance experts and everything I was learning. I was getting so excited that I would come to her and I'd be like, babe, I got this idea. This is something I've read. And I think this will help us financially. Um, even talking to her parents who, as she, you know, she said throughout the, through this, through the uh, interview that are, you know, financially smart. I started to consult with her parents and really learn from them and understand what they did to put themselves in a position to provide for their children because I wanted to do the same thing. So I think by me doing all of these actions and her seeing it, she was able to start to trust me and learn that, okay, He's learned from his mistakes. He's he's actively educating himself and he wants to do better for the family. 
as well as, you know, we were on the same page as far as our goals. So she understood that everything I was doing for the, was going to be for the betterment of our family. And I think ultimately that's how I was able to kind of win her or win her over, even with my bad track record. <laughs> um, I mean, yes to all those things, but I think the biggest thing for me was if it, if he wanted to do something that I disagreed with or didn't fully understand, um, I think we both would explain why we felt the way we did about the decision and why we wanted to do what we wanted to do. And just hearing him explain his reasonings and showing me that they were clearly thought out reasons really helped me learn to financially trust him. And sometimes we did what he wanted and sometimes we did what I wanted because once we heard the why behind it, then we decided which why made the most sense. But just hearing him be able to clearly communicate the thoughtful reasoning behind the decisions he wanted to make is really what showed me that he could not only learn, learn what to do, but he could apply it as well. Yeah. So you guys had a lot of wins last year. We've covered that. And so how do you keep from allowing yourself to, to feel that fatigue going into a new year and, and ultimately become burnout? Because and I've talked to a lot of people where they make amazing progress in one season and then they're just like, okay, this is a lot. Let me take a step back. And they slip into some of those old habits and, and things start to creep back up. So what are you guys doing to avoid that? Um, well, I'll, I'll answer first. I think number one, we, we lay out very, very clear goals at the beginning of the year financially of what we want to do which helps keep us on track because those are at the forefront of everything that we talk about when we talk about money. But additionally, um, we're trying to have a baby this year. So fingers crossed, God willing, we can do that. Um, But that puts a little bit of that time clock on us again. Like last year, the time clock was the wedding. This year, the time clock is we are hoping to get all this debt paid off before I deliver a child. We are not pregnant, just so everyone knows, um, but we are trying. So that for us is, okay, we need to get all this silly debt, which I like to call it, paid off before we have this kid so that we can start creating generational wealth for our children. Yeah, that was uh, – <laughs> no, that was a great answer. Uh, just to add on to that um, – you know, from her perspective of when she says we set goals. So we like to set smart goals. So if anybody listening is aware of those, you know, they're specific, measurable, uh, attainable, relevant, and time specific. So we really sit down to make sure that we really define our goals. And as she said, we keep them at the forefront of any financial decisions that we make. Um, you know, as you said, we are trying to start our family. And so that's really the motivation that keeps us going and keeps us motivated during this journey. And then ultimately, I would also add, you know, again, uh, I can't stress it enough, just being around like-minded individuals and within the community, a community that is so supportive and encouraging. And, you know, when you have that type of support, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to not fall off the wagon when you have people in your corners, you know, rooting you on to reach that milestone of debt freedom and generational wealth and stuff like that. So I think that combination of our personal goals, along with the community and having uh, supporters is definitely what keeps us motivated. You know, I'm glad you transitioned there because speaking of IG, you goes, you guys go by debt free and fitness on there. And, you know, I know a lot of people feel like those two kind of seem like 
polar opposites, right? Trying to get your finances in order while living a healthy and fit lifestyle because, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of people feel like, you know, a healthy lifestyle is pretty expensive. So yeah. how do you guys find that balance between the two? I want to answer that one. Go ahead, bro. Um, so <laughs> the reason we did debt free and fitness is because it takes the same mindset to be healthy as it does to be financially healthy. So it's the same type of dedication, same type of consistency um, that's required for both. So same they, type of discipline, right? So they both require the same mindset. Additionally, like at least for me, it helps me save money. So when I'm itching to like go shopping, like if he's out of town and I'm like, what am I going to do today? La la la, I'm going to go shopping. I'm like, no, put gym clothes on, go to the gym. So it keeps me away from things that would cost money. Additionally, like, you know, if I am, if he's out of town or something and I'm like, oh, I want to get together with my girlfriends, they'll say, oh, why don't we go meet for drinks? And I'll be like, well, why don't we go for a hike instead? So it's just incorporating fitness and health into your lifestyle. It's gonna, it seems like it's expensive up front because you're like gym membership, shoes, workout clothes, weights, right? Like it seems like all these things, but what it's gonna do is it's going to just change how you live your life and realize that you want to do activities that are healthy instead of these other ones that cost you a lot of money and a lot of healthy activities are free. Yeah. And just to add to that, something that I took away from reading, uh, I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sadi is that um, finances and fitness is a lot alike. The same way you have to track your money, you have to track your fitness progress, whether it's your, if you're counting calories or if you're, you know, trying to make sure you hit your workout targets you know, those are things that you have to monitor and measure and, and watch your progress. So a lot, you know, as Ellie said, the mindset, the discipline and the philosophies that it takes to become wealthy is the same thing that it takes to become fit. Um, and so I think it's very these two things go very hand in hand when it comes to finances and fitness. So, you know, that's just my little two cents I wanted to add in. No, I I love that. That was a that's a fantastic answer. And so we're getting near kind of wrapping this up, but I want to ask you guys, how are you planning to build wealth for yourselves going forward? Because you're trying to start a family and I know something you just launched was first gen wealth building. So yeah. what does that look like for you guys? What are some some of the things that you guys are doing um that go yeah. directly towards wealth building? So great question, man. I'm glad you asked that. So some of the things we're doing uh, aside from our careers, uh, is that we have we both have passions for I would say side hustles slash we want to start a business. So for Ellie, she's very passionate about she wants to start refurbishing furniture. Uh, she recently uh, is starting to dabble in the sales consultant world. This girl is an expert salesman, y'all. So if y'all need any uh, tips or tricks on sales technique, holla at my girl. I also um, do mobile spray tanning. If everyone, anyone needs a spray tan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm dead serious, y'all. She is. Uh, you know, so she has that going for herself. Um, as you mentioned, uh, for me, I am very passionate about financial literacy and spreading that. So recently started my venture with first generational uh, wealth building and started my YouTube. Um, got some great things in the works uh, with that. And, you know, ultimately, you know, those are kind of some um, side hustles or side businesses that 
we want to build. Um, and then, of course, traditional, you know, making sure we're taking advantage of our tax uh, advantage accounts, like our 401ks, our Roth IRAs. And we do eventually want to do some out of state uh, real estate investing where we can buy some properties that, uh, you know, potentially cash flow. So, you know, we're, we, we want to be conservative. So, you know, we're just going to do um, just our, you know, tax advantage of uh, investing accounts, you know, potentially do some real estate investing along with just pursuing our passions as, as it comes to, you know, spreading financial literacy. And then, as I said, with her doing her fitness and sales consulting and, and things of that nature. So that's really how we're looking to build wealth. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Ellie, let me ask you this question. So what would you say are some good initial steps for somebody that's out there listening to this interview and they are wanting to become debt-free and also fit? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, number one, be honest with yourself. That is really the first thing that I would say. Be honest with yourself about your lifestyle and your passions. Like he said, like with um, Rami, you know, you'll you you'll spend money on things that are worth spending money to, but cut the rest of the stuff. Um, so if fitness is something that you really want to do and you really want to incorporate that into your life, be honest with yourself of how committed you are to that. Because if you're not ready to make the commitment to fitness or your finances, it's not going to happen. Um, second thing I would do is make a realistic budget. And if fitness is something that you want to incorporate, make a line item for a gym membership, an Orange Theory membership, whatever it is to you that you're going to get you to be fit and active. Make that a priority in your budget and budget it in so that you are planning your you know, extra spending to not include that. And then the third biggest thing I can say you would do to help both your finances and your fitness is just, again, meal prepping and make those cheat meals in there. Make them have, make your meals really healthy, but work one or two cheat meals in per week because that's going to help to kind of twofold. Number one, it's going to help with making sure you're not going out and spending money you don't need to spend. But you know, they say with anything, you need to allow yourself a little time to cheat. Like even with finances, if you want to really buy that purse or whatever it is, like, and it's that important to you, go buy it, you know, as long as it's not hurting you. So same thing with cheat meals, it's not going to completely screw up your workout and your healthy lifestyle to have, you know, one or two cheat meals a week, work that in. So you're feeding yourself joy and delight while you're going through this process. And that eventually will just turn into a lifestyle. And there'll be weeks where you're like, I didn't have one cheat meal this week because I just didn't even want it. And you're just being committed to both of those kind of line items of health and fitness and the rest will come. I love that. I love that. That was classic. Yeah, give 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 it up for her on that one. He killed that one. So my last question for you guys. I mean, this has been an incredible, incredible time talking to you. And I want to give you the opportunity to share a little bit more about where people can find you and connect with you if they want to follow your journey. Sure, sure. So the first place you guys can find us, of course, is Instagram. Uh, our combined account is at Debt Free and Fitness. Uh, we do have a blog, uh, com that is going under construction uh, for 2020. We're going to do some rebranding and adding lots of more content, more resources. Uh, we're linking like all of the uh, joint collaborations that we've done. So we're Apparel. really- 
Yes, Ellie wants to do some apparel. <laughs> right. A lot, a lot of good things coming there. And then, secondly, uh, I would say my other passion or my other um, uh, venture that you guys can find me is I have a second Instagram account, which is at First Gen Wealth Building, along with a YouTube First Generational Wealth Building uh, that uh, has launched and is going really, really well. So, yeah, that's where you guys can find us. Awesome. Incredible. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for coming on and just being so open, honest, and transparent with your stories. I will be sure to link to your social medias as well as the website on the show notes page. But again, thank you guys for stopping by the neighborhood. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Man, this was so awesome, man. Had a great time. Had a great time with you, Mike. And that's a wrap for episode 17. I want to thank you guys for sticking with me for two parts of one episode today. As I said, I'll be linking to Zay and Ellie's profiles and websites on the show notes page, which will be at winningtowealth.com slash episode 17. And that link is good for parts one and two of this episode. You can also find the links to the four or five books they mentioned in this episode there as well. Again, that link is winningtowealth.com slash episode 17. Also, if you would like to talk with me about this episode, you can always join the neighborhood, which can be found at winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. That is winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. If you want to learn more about managing your money better as a couple, you can always download our money guide, which you can find at winningtowealth.com slash guide. Also, thanks again, Zay and Ellie, for stopping by the neighborhood and sharing not just your story, but tips on managing marriage, managing money, and managing fitness with us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk soon. 